The rise of web apps in the late 1990s crippled a lot of the software leaders of the previous generation. Now the tech industry is going mobile and the same process seems to be happening all over again. Igloo is something new. It's an intranet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting, quickly update your team on the progress of the most recent project from your phone, and access the latest version of a file right from your home. Everything is now mobile. Work should be too. Never email yourself a file again. Just go and get your free trial of Igloo today. You can do that at igloosoftware.com slash tech. That's igloosoftware.com slash tech. This episode of What's Tech is brought to you by Canary, a complete home security system in a single device. When Canary detects something out of the ordinary, it sends intelligent notifications with HD video straight to your phone. Canary puts you in control during an emergency. Through the Canary app, you can watch live footage, sound a built-in siren, or connect with police near your home. Start protecting your home with Canary today for just $199. Go to meetcanary.com and use the promo code TECH to get free overnight shipping. So when I was in college, I wasted a lot of time on 4chan. And one of the things that people would do was post a picture or a catchphrase or something, and then everyone would reply and just riff on it. So one of the ones that I remember was someone posting a screenshot from Equilibrium with a misremembered quote from it. And then for hours, people would just go through and they would post their own pictures and they would riff on that line. Wait, what Um, was the line? Which was... I cared nothing for the desk. I was merely optimizing. Which, I mean, how could people forget such a powerful line from such a powerful film? Because it's not actually that. They made it better. <laughs> Earlier, it was, I didn't care anything about the desk. I was merely, like, I was only trying to optimize. Something way less cool sounding. I had no feelings about it. I'm merely attempting to optimize. So for this, you had to say, I cared nothing for this thing. I was merely optimizing. And I don't actually remember most of them at all. Um, And I remember contributing some, and I remember knowing that they were awful. And after a couple hours, it just disappeared, like everything on 4chan. It never became a meme. I never saw it again. I imagine every single person there forgot it. But it somehow demonstrated the true spirit of memes, which is collaboration around this common cultural language. Even if it is absolutely meaningless and it will disappear from planet Earth... Uh, just as fast as it came. So does human conversation. That is very interesting. <laughs> we, I think that'll make a good topic for this episode. Um, let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I am your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant, and today I am joined by my colleague and my friend, uh, senior reporter at TheVerge.com, Addie Robertson. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me today to talk about internet memes, uh, which, let's just get right to it. What is an internet meme? It's really hard to define what an internet meme is. Um incredibly broadly it's like a catchphrase it's some kind of piece of cultural detritus uh it's like a reference to something or a photo or a a general convention 
Um, like a, it could be a lolcat or it could be a line from a video game, like the cake is a lie, or it could just be an idea. And, and was memes, were memes a, a thing before the internet? Um, so the term meme was coined by Richard Dawkins in The Selfish Gene in the 70s. And his idea around memes was that it was kind of like the verbal or cultural equivalent of a gene, that it was some kind of piece of self-contained information that got passed from person to person. And eventually it would mutate and sort of take on a life of its own. So people were delivery systems for memes, as I think some other people would put it later. So when he said that, he was thinking of like big ideas. And when we say it, we're often talking about like a cat that wants a cheeseburger. I think he also meant it to be small ideas and small pieces of information, like it could be catchphrases. Um, Later on, somebody interviewed him about uh, internet memes, and I think he said that what he meant was probably closer to what we call viral, um, that it was things that just spread really rapidly without being actively manipulated. He described that as being the big difference between his meme and internet memes, which is that people are actively trying to change the context and wording of internet memes. They're not just letting it happen organically. Well, let's talk about that. What is the purpose of an internet meme then? I mean, on a really broad level, the purpose of an internet meme is the purpose of any kind of in-joke or any kind of aphorism or any quote. Like when you quote Shakespeare, that's kind of a meme. And what you're doing is conveying a lot of information within this really small amount of space. That when you say, you know, when you caught me, do I not bleed? You're conveying all of these references about your culture and about um, prejudice and about all of these different bigger ideas. So when you put a put a rage face on something, you are conveying this extremely hyperbolic expression of rage, say. Uh, Or when you post a lolcat, um, you're drawing on all of this sort of culture and humor. Uh, And it's also just a way to tell who's in on the joke and who's not, to draw lines around communities. What, What are some of the varieties of internet memes and how are they used in different ways? So I guess the internet meme that lots of people understand is lolcats. Um, which is basically just a cat with some kind of funny, grammatically incorrect caption. Um, A lot of what we call (laughs) memes are actually, they would have been called image macros, which is the picture of a thing with some kind of bold, like, impact font text above it. Um, That's usually a a variation on some kind of catchphrase. Um, So there's those. And then, like I just mentioned, there's this sort of whole genre of faces, like... They're not emoticons. They're these cartoons of people looking very angry or very sad or smiling like they're trolling, uh, which are rage faces, um, which are mostly identified with Reddit now. Um, And then there's just a ton of other things. There's demotivational posters, which are actual commercial things that then later just got co-opted. They're parodies of motivational posters that say incredibly sad things. Um, But really anything could be a meme. You mentioned image macro. How does a term like I I mean that existed before I feel like there was broad conversation about internet memes. How does a term like that kind of just disappear? In terms of image macro, it's a little hard to say, but it's probably just that it's not catchy. Yeah. That it's really catchy to say, "Oh, it's a meme." Nobody understands what an image macro is. Nobody like what's a macro? Why would that what kind of relationship does that have with this? It's incredibly oblique. What What is an early example of an uh, inter- internet meme, one, one of the earliest ones that you can think of? 
So I can think of probably a couple. One of them is, it's just called Dancing Baby, um, oh, which God. I think you probably remember. It's a yeah, sample this is animation. my first meme. <laughs> of just a, it's a dancing CG baby. And it's funny because it's a baby and babies can't dance, but this baby can. Um, so it made it into Ally McBeal and was incredibly influential in the 90s. I mean, for a CG baby dancing. Um, the other one, which was a little later, is uh, All Your Bass Are Belong to Us which was a really terrible translation of the video game Zero Wing, um, where a totally normal conversation about a villain saying he'd taken over something was about uh, someone set us up the bomb and then all their base are belong to him. And then they uh, go and do something and it's for great justice. So this spawned a bunch of catchphrases um, and you can just sort of apply it to anything. It's just like the way we would quote from the Bible now, only it's a video game. It's it's such a weird, um, upsetting quote. All your base are belong to us because if you look, if you Google it, uh, do an image search of this, it starts out like so many of the internet memes that we've talked about, where they're so kind of innocuous and they take place on forums. But then you see photos of them like in captured cities uh, with like the U.S. military spray painting them onto street signs. Uh, or uh, on the opposite, uh, there have been photos of like gangs putting them on buildings. Like it's it's used as an actual claim of ownership, uh, which is surreal to think that it began as a throwaway line from a poorly translated video game. Yeah, but that's kind of the power of memes is that eventually they just become language. Yeah. Well, so what is your personal earliest memory of uh, an internet meme? It's really hard to say because I'm sure there are things that I just osmos. But one of the first things where I was like, oh, that's a meme, um, was this absolutely awful translation of Revenge of the Sith from Chinese, which was translated as Star Wars Backstroke, from the, uh, Backstroke of the West. And one of the lines is when Darth Vader shouts, no, it, uh, it says, do not want. And so you would just put do not want onto anything. And it was this all-purpose phrase that kind of derived power just from being really hyperbolic. Uh, and so you put it on cats, like, trying to get a bath, and the cat really hates that, and the cat does not want. I I know do not want is a meme, and I have no idea that was its origin story. Yeah, that's no, like, it's amazing. That's really bizarre. Um, how, how have memes kind of evolved since, you know, these early days? You talk about, like, the Uga Chaka baby. I mean, I guess it was already being co-opted back then if it's on a television show but have, have they changed over the last you know couple decades i guess it's hard to say because a lot of the culture of any given meme depends on where it was created and who distributed it so say you have 4chan memes um and you have like something awful memes or you have reddit memes and they're all a little bit different so Whatever the platform is, is going to kind of change the context. It's also just easy to say mean, memes went mainstream, that image macros are a gigantic thing now um, and are and are considered just a, a completely valid way of expressing yourself. When there are like GIFs on the front page of the New York Times. Yes. The uh, animated GIF is also completely blown up. Uh, have... Have they been co-opted, would you say, by brands? I mean, I look at Denny's and how it tweets, and it feels like it only talks in kind of like mildly outdated memes. Oh, yeah, no. Twitter accounts only talk in 
slogans and slang that they think is from the hip kids like Netflix and chill. But the weird thing is that I think brands kind of already came up with Internet memes or came up with memes in general that I was uh, looking through some old stuff and I remembered the uh, Bud Light was up commercial. A lot of people quoted that around me. It was a brand, but that brand came up with a genuinely well-known piece of information that was transferred between people. And it evolved. Like that commercial, aren't there like sequels to that commercial? And then like the frogs do it. I feel like it's actually kind of like weird gestating thing. Yeah. Brands are brands are culture. Oh my gosh. Have have memes, I mean, you, you kind of hit on this, but become their own language? Are, are they just part of our language? Yeah, I think ultimately... Not all of them, but they're part of our language the way that catchphrases kind of become part of our language. That we consider it totally valid to quote very old things. Um, Like you can absolutely quote uh, Cry Havoc and Let Slip the Dogs of War, and that makes you cool. Um, But if you quote from something very recent, that makes you shallow and pop culture obsessed. And I think we're kind of getting past that, that I think that there is nothing inherently worse about using that to communicate some kind of language. This is, I guess, just personal taste, maybe. But do do you think memes have made using the internet more accessible or less accessible? Or, I, or I, I mean, maybe both at the same time? It's hard because a lot of memes are definitely designed to be extremely exclusionary. That the whole idea is that you're not supposed to be able to understand the meme unless you're steeped in this culture. So in that way, they're a gatekeeping mechanism. But they also are a common language, that they kind of bring people together and they are a fun thing to do because there's just something inherently fun in taking things and twisting them out of context. Do they have a shelf life? Yes. Uh, The meme, old meme is old, is very old and I wouldn't use it anymore because it's an old meme. Um, (laughs) Yes, there are things that they either they've been co-opted and are giant to the point that no one cares or they just have run their course. Um, or the thing that spawned them is no longer around. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, and this is this is a big, very important question, and I think it'll be tough because we just talked about how memes have a shelf life. But what is the greatest meme of all time? So the greatest meme of all time is great because it is atypical, and it is the Hitler downfall video. Are you familiar with the Hitler downfall video? I, I, I am, but I, I, I think you should explain. So there's a scene in the film Downfall, which is about Hitler, um, where he gets incredibly angry about a development. And the entire film is in German, so it's subtitled. So a lot of people, whenever there's some kind of controversy, will write lines that they can overdub uh, as subtitles. And then you'll just get Hitler um, making this long, incredibly impassioned speech. Uh, and it's this very discreet, very clear, specific scene. But it's written with, uh, like, subtitles about the iPhone, like not being able to get an iPhone or with problems with the Xbox not supporting used games. And I like it because it takes so much work, because it's actually unlike just throwing out a catchphrase or putting an image on some text, it requires you to write an entire scene and it requires you to time it perfectly and it requires you to be able to create something that kind of fits the original spirit. Like there are points where it will cut away to someone's reaction shot and you have to be able to get that in. 
And so I like it because it's not like a lot of memes. I like it because it's incredibly creative. I think that is such a good answer. And I think I've always loved that meme because what memes don't often have is like narrative. They're, they're the punchline uh, or they're part of some ongoing uh, conversation. But when you watch the, that video, there's not just a beginning, middle and end, but there's, there's hills and valleys throughout it. Like the tone shifts uh, and watching people like have to come up with story for it is always so fascinating to me. Yeah, it's apparently a lot less funny if you speak German. Oh, I, I, I can imagine. Uh, Fortunately, fantastic. I don't, and I'll never learn because of that. <laughs> I like that that's like your excuse for holding up. You, you should really apply that where people are like, it would be great if you know German. You're like, well, I really enjoy this single internet meme, so <laughs> I've kind of stuck with not learning it. Um, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you all for listening. You can find us here uh, every Tuesday. Uh, we're also on TheVerge.com. Addy, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me at the Dextriarchy, which is uh, like the patriarchy, except for right-handed people. <laughs> Finally, right-handed people get what they've been, I, I guess, always having. Uh, they we can, hold the can yeah. opener monopoly. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at What's Tech. Uh, And you can listen to the show on iTunes, where we recommend that you leave a review, because it goes a long way to getting the show to more people. And, you know, you could, could, like, download the show, and then you could, like, alter it, you could create a meme. And even saying that, I realize I sound like Hilton Hotel coming up with some, like, prize-winning obligation on their Twitter account. So don't do that. Just leave a review. And thank you again to our sponsor, Igloo. Uh, As you know, Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your files. You can manage your task list from your laptop. Say you're in a meeting and you're like, hey, I'm kind of bored. I wish I was managing my files right now. Do it. Manage your task list. You can update your team on the progress of the most recent project from your phone. So let's say you're like, hey, I set my fantasy football team. I've checked Twitter. I've got nothing else to do on my phone. You know what I should do? I should get some work done. I should catch my team up on the progress of things. I'm going to do that right now. Or say you're at home and you're like, man, it's Monday. I like, I'm home early from work. I'm feeling good. I've had a nice dinner, but I want to do a little bit more work before tomorrow. I'm one of those people who likes to get ahead of the week. I want to get some stuff done. I need the latest version of a file from home. You've got it. You've got it from Igloo. Everything is now mobile. Work should be too. Never email yourself a file again. Get your free trial today at igloosoftware.com slash tech. That is igloosoftware.com slash tech. Uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.